Innes Forgettance is a folk fantasy podcast set in an alternate Appalachia and faraway Celtic fort. You can help support me and this story by sharing it with your friends, posting on social media, or by clicking the link in the description to buy me a coffee. I'm glad you joined me this week, and stay safe out there in the woods. on the Innes Forgettance. Porter and Mama helped Henrietta with survival tasks that she struggles to do alone in her advanced age. While preparing dinner, Henrietta answers Porter's many questions. She tells him that the never-seen emerge from the same place every night, from a pool just a ways down the mountainside. Then... She tells Porter that she has searched the memories of the past over and over for the past 40 years, and she's discovered missing memories, stolen memories, and memories that seem to have been fabricated to cover something up. Porter in Inniscombe Henrietta and Mama had long been fast asleep. Porter moved painfully slow. Silence was imperative. Taking his lantern and using the dying fire to light its wick, he had waited until the late hours of night. If he couldn't protect himself, at least morning would be on his heels, a safety net. Yes, he would go. He would see. He would come back with answers, or not at all. With one last look at their sleeping forms, Porter stepped over Henrietta's lantern, standing guard in the doorway, and out into the dark. Porter hugged his coat around himself with one arm, extending the lantern out with the other. The frosty puff of his breath dissolved into the dark, He took one step, then another, testing his ability to walk among the never-seen, not daring to venture too far from the hut in case he needed to turn and run like hell. Although eyeless, the never-seen appeared to watch him, floating closer, thoughtfully bobbing, as though remembering him from the night before and pondering their next move. But they didn't close in, and Porter kept walking. When he got to the edge of the bald, he stopped, panned his light from left to right until he heard the mountain springs trickle and discerned its watery, moonlit glimmer. He entered the mountain forest, boots flattening the leaves and dead wood underfoot, 
damp with the moisture of night, the tips of his ears and nose stung with cold, the skin of his knuckles dry and strained as he clutched his light, teeth chattering, not for the frigid air, but for the hissing orbs that hung among the trees. They whispered over the wind and over fluttering, dying leaves, emitting that disturbing, deep, hungry hum. A desperate urge to bolt back toward Henrietta's hut sprung inside him. His heart was a boulder of dread in his chest, pressing down upon him with all the weight of his mission. But what if it was only a fool's errand? It was a risk he was willing to take. In the darkness, the susurrating spring appeared to run with water of glittering black. He followed it down. The chattering in his teeth turned to tremors running down the length of his arms, the sides of his torso, the muscles in his legs. He was getting closer. The movement of the never-seen told him as much. Their gentle bobbing turned to agitated, quivering jerks. They expanded and contracted like pupils in terror. One misstep beside the bank, a thick branch rolled underfoot and Porter skidded. His arm flew out and he grasped the jagged top of a dead tree's trunk, but it crunched in his grip. He fell into the spring. Icy water soaked his pants and sloshed inside his boots. The lantern sizzled, went dark. Panic riled, and he breathed it down. His light went out last night. He'd survived them last night. Just ahead, the spring became a large pool resting on a swath of plateau in the mountain forest. The waters within it flailed with the ripple effect of his fall, but even through the dizzying waves, he could see it, them, so terribly many of them. Tiny lights, luminescent pinpricks, rising like fireflies, growing as they floated above the water, shrinking when they descended beneath it. The sleeping place. It emitted a deep, resonant, trance-like humming. The boulder in Porter's chest pounded. He forced himself to his feet. Rivulets of frigid water ran down. His body quaked with terror and cold. Numb from toes to shin, he forced himself to press forward. Even his thoughts stuttered, but he did it. He stood with the water swirling around his knees and dared to stare into it. The glow of clusters of never-seen illuminated the rocky bottom. With a start, Porter realized his boots were at the edge of a ledge, a drop-off into a deeper part of the sleeping place the bottom of which he couldn't see. The never-seen swam within it, illuminating it. He thought he saw a hand. 
a tendril of wheat-colored hair. Before he could process the sight, the humming grew louder. A fresh wave of panic rippled over him. One never-seen swept forward and halted just inches from his collarbone. He stepped back, startled. The spirit radiated a searing heat that made Porter pull back, but it shot forward before he could steel himself against it, invading him. At the invisible point of contact, he could hear it, hear her. Far away, a woman's echoing plea under the horrible hum as though the never-seen was her conduit, their shared connection point. He fought to think, but he was losing hold on his own being. He felt himself shrinking, transforming from owner to observer, awareness constricting until he existed only inside of himself, yet squeezed smaller, smaller, he clutched his throat as if to remove an invisible grip. The sound of ragged breathing pounded in his ears, but those ears didn't belong to him anymore. The never-seen reduced him to his essence and demanded more. Whatever remained of Porter's awareness stung and burned like a stray coal that must be stamped out. Mama, he thought. At the remembrance of his mother, it was almost as if she were there with him, bolstering him. Porter harnessed the kernel of energy he had left and exploded it outward, leveraging all his consciousness into expelling the never-seen. But it had already grafted itself. Every heave of Porter's energy pulled on his spirit, overwhelming with a bodiless ripping and rending. Some voiceless part of himself roared in pain. The never-seen clawed and pressed, trying to shrink him and to steal his corporeality as its own. But with the reminder of his mother, Porter refused to let go. Only once the never-seen staggered out of him did Porter realize he had lost and regained his physical sight. His arms and legs were shaking. He swayed, dizzy, as his consciousness refilled. He watched the orb. It quivered and hovered and circled and wasn't giving up yet. It seized him again. No, no, he thought. Porter burned from a place he couldn't name. He stung as though a seam ripper gouged the place where his soul was stitched into his body, shrinking, stinging, separating. The fight almost over, almost lost. No! He heaved against it. His dangerously diminished presence was no more effective against the onslaught than a twig prying a great stone, 
but Porter held on to his love for his mother, leveraging it as hard as he could. More, he thought. More, more, more. If he had had a voice, he'd grunt and growl, yell and roar with effort. His bodiless wail rang in the invisible battle plane. Something clicked, like gears of a great clock settling into place. Porter howled in blazing pain. I'm burning, he thought. I'm on fire. He, his essence, was suspended, floating like ash trapped inside a flame. His incorporeal screams faded, but slowly, 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 he fell back into himself. Blackness receding from his vision just in time to witness. The never scene exploded into incinerated sparks. I did it. He staggered backward to the bank. I did it. Dizzying fuzz whooshed over him as though someone stuffed his head with wool. Porter's eyes rolled up, catching glimpse of the cornflower morning sky before he crashed down into the frigid water. The backs of Porter's eyelids glowed flesh pink. He blinked. A gray-yellow morning sky, spattered by evergreen needles and scraped by naked branches, greeted his vision. He closed his eyes. Arms shoved under his legs and armpits. Are you ready? That was Mama's voice. Mm Mm-hmm. A second pair of arms shoved under his knees. Go ahead and heft him. Henrietta. The women grunted and lifted him. His head pounded with ache. Opening his eyes, he watched Mama's face upside down from his perspective, her jaw set as she navigated them through the woods. She glanced around as they wielded him through a cluster of young trees, with jutting branches, and she caught his gaze. You're awake. He's awake? Henrietta's question came in a strained gasp. His legs dropped abruptly, and she caught him, readjusting her grip. Pressure traveled down his side as they bumped him against a broken branch. I'm numb, he said. Well, it's no wonder about that said Henrietta. You were lying on the bank when we woke and realized you were gone, Mama said. Legs and boots sopping wet, almost frozen. She panted, tightening her grip under his armpits. We'll talk later. You're near too heavy for even the both of us. Back in the hut, the women laid Porter on the cot and panted, gulping water. Porter watched helplessly as Mama tugged off his boots, wool socks, and trousers, then blanketed him in a pelt. 
Henrietta freshened the fire and removed a cast-iron cauldron of boiling water from the spit. In the warm hut, numbness was beginning to give way to a sharp pins-and-needles sensation all the way up to his knees. His fingers, ears, lips, and nose stung. I thought I was dead. Porter spoke through lips that he couldn't even feel. I worried. Henrietta dropped a sprig of some dried plant into a bowl and another into a mug. Her bony shoulders bunched as she muddled it. Your mama woke, screaming in fear for you. Porter's eye caught mama's worried glance, and she looked away her hands trembling as she tore strips of cloth from her own ratty dress. And we set out to find you before daybreak. Mama grimaced and crossed to the cauldron, stuffing strips of cloth inside to soak in the hot water. Henrietta ladled hot water into the mug and into her bowl and came toward him, swabbing her fingers in the poultice and drawing it across Porter's forehead. The camphorous scent of rosemary filled his nostrils as she massaged the thick paste on his brow and down onto his temples. The throbbing in his head eased. Now let me help you up to sit. Drink this warm tea, you hear? She offered her forearm and he pulled himself up, then she held out the mug. He reached out with awkward, clunky movements, but he took the mug in his stiff hands. Just hold it there like that for a while, said Henrietta. Let it warm your fingers and hands first. Now, do you know what you risked after how I warned you last night? Do you know what a fright you gave your poor mother? Mama waddled with the cauldron in her grasp. She knelt beside the foot of the cot. You were upright, she said, arms stretched out like you'd been struck by lightning. She swallowed convulsively. Porter, you glowed like they do. She removed a strip of cloth from the kettle, hands trembling when she wrung out the excess. Henrietta extended a hand and took the cloth, gently pressing it to one of Porter's ears. He shivered and groaned as the warmth blanketed the side of his face. The never-seen-in-the-forest shook like they were excited, Henrietta said. Your mouth opened wider than a man's ever should, but we didn't hear you scream. I was screaming. Porter thought, somewhere, somehow, I was screaming. But then the spirits stilled, Henrietta continued. Shards of golden light blew outward from you. You destroyed it. I would think it's impossible if I hadn't seen it with my own two eyes. I could have sworn I heard them scream. She shivered visibly. The sound was like the high-pitched hissing of a bonfire when you dump buckets of water on it all at once. 
Henrietta patted his other ear with a warm cloth and shook her head. Whatever it was that you did to one of them made the rest give up, I guess. One by one, they dripped back down into the sleeping place. Her voice drifted off. For a moment, they all were silent. The steam from Porter's mug puffed upward like smoke. Well then, Henrietta said quietly, did you get what you hoped for by going down there? Porter grew still. There, there was a, a woman, he said. I glimpsed a woman under the water. Mama froze in the middle of wringing out a fresh strip of soaked cloth. Dead? she asked. Uh, Porter looked back and forth between the two women. I can't think how she'd not be. But she was whole, Mama said. Her body would it would have to be, or, or you wouldn't... She ticked her head forward in a knowing nod. You wouldn't have been able to tell. Porter's heart pounded. The sensation made his chest ache. From what I could tell, she was perfectly whole. The realization filled him with horror. But they came from her. The skin around the storykeeper's eyes tensed, pupils constricting in horror. You saw her too, then, Henrietta said. You, you know about her? Porter asked. I wondered if my mind was slipping away, the storykeeper said. She tightened her lips into a thin, grim line. I went to the sleeping place once, fifteen years ago, during the day, and I haven't been back since. She was perfectly whole then, perfectly whole now. Henrietta stood, her throat worked, her hands shook. But if they come from her... Oh, she's been underwater a long, long time. Mama gently pressed a warm cloth to Porter's forehead. Is it something to do with the water? Henrietta held up a hand. A portal, a holding place, a magic place, yes. But that is not the troubling part. Then what is it? asked Mama. Henrietta stared at the wall, brow knit with worry, as though questioning everything she thought she knew. It's that I don't know who she is. The Innis Forgettance was written, 
Narrated and produced by me, Leah Noel, with special appearance by David Walker. The original song, Beware the Never Seen, was written, composed, and performed by Georgia musicians Miles Landrum and Lorelei. You can find links to more of their excellent music in the show notes. Sound effects came from the kind folks at freesound.org. You can follow this podcast with behind the scenes and more on Instagram and TikTok at Leah with a pen. Ooh.